0: Welcome to the Sensibility Podcast. I am super excited. We have Melissa Houston here today, all the way from Canada. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's wonderful. I love that um, both of us are money coaches and both of us have sort of of more of a stable... Well, I still am the advisor, but you are a CPA, so you are an accountant. You've had quite a journey to get to this place where you help a lot of business owners and people, personal people with their their money issues and whatnot. So um, I'm really excited to get you on this show to talk about something that's near and dear to both of us, which is um, how we can maintain our power, our financial power. So not to give it away. I think a lot of women really need to hear that message. Um, men yes. too, but from conversations I've had, a lot of women just naturally do do that. Um, so I'm so excited to be talking to you about that today, but I first, I want to just so our audience know, if you don't mind just sharing a bit about who you are, I've sort of done a bit yeah. of um,
1: homework and done a bit of reading and I love your story. Can you, <laughs> can you talk about it? Tell Absolutely. Them. Absolutely. So, um, my name is Melissa Houston and I am a CPA. I've been a CPA for over 20 years, but that actually was not my first career. So my first career was in social work. And I worked in social work for about five years. And I realized that, you know, it's a high burnout rate and um, not a lot of money involved in that career choice. So for whatever reason, I went back to school and chose accounting. I have no idea why. I think my dad made a suggestion and it was just like, yeah, okay, sounds good. So I didn't quite realize what I was getting into as a CPA, but I, I went full force. I got my designation and I started working and I really enjoyed like the analytical side of numbers and when I started helping business owners and entrepreneurs manage their finances and you know, do their corporate tax returns and such. That's when I really fell in love with accounting, but I fell more in love with the the aspect of helping people, right? So it it satisfied my social worker me. And then the numbers satisfied the analytical side in me. And I combined them both. And two years ago, I started my own business. And I've been I, you know i've never been happier because i i went for it like i took the leap of faith i left a very very secure job um and i decided to go out on my own as a business owner and now i get to help business owners everywhere isn't it amazing my my story is similar i found myself in i'm
0: in financial planning but it was all because i loved to help people and that's sort of what motivates me with that work and then it was mm-hmm. getting frustrated with why weren't people breaking through? Why were they every you know, review the financial plan wasn't actually being fully carried out and implemented, like you know, that old saying, you take the horse to water but you can't make them drink and there was something yes. off the like, obvious to me that needed more like there was needing, they were needing more coaching. And so that's how I sort of fell into it. Again, it's a, it was more about helping people because you want people to live their best lives. The money is just simply a tool for that. Right. And the beauty with it is you and I have that skill. We know how to teach that money skill, but it's yeah. the other stuff that you've got to work on and being aware and that awareness piece that often isn't really worked in those both either professions.
1: You are so speaking my language. I totally get what you're saying. And it's so true. And one thing that I noticed when I was working with uh, entrepreneurs and business owners was that, you know, they would come in, like I was working in the public accounting firms, and they would come in and, and hand off their books and get their corporate tax returns completed. And then we would sit down with them and we'd say, okay, you know, we noticed this happened this year and we noticed a pattern and maybe you want to work on it and stuff. But there was no engagement in that conversation. They had no idea what we were talking about. And I knew I'm like, there's an, there's a gap, an information gap, right? Mm-hmm. So business owners are really, really good at what they're offering. And then the accountant on this side is really, really good at helping them increase their profits, but there's a disconnect. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I really wanted to help bridge that gap by educating business owners how important it is to manage your business numbers so that you can create an extremely profitable business and increase your net worth. So that's why I really zoned in and chose, like, laser focused, chose chose to do what I do is so that I can help business owners become the best business owners they possibly can be. Mm, And you do
0: a lot of coaching in that, you know, in that space. I noticed, you know, you even something that would mean, would seem quite obvious to me was, you know, what you you sort of go the focus on the revenue versus, uh, sorry, profit versus revenue. Um, And I was like, oh, wow, that's really powerful because a business owner often is just often creating themselves a job. Mm-hmm. in a business that is just creating revenue to cover the costs and yeah. you know we've got to remember what's the end game what is it yeah. i know we're going off to another tangent because we we're going to talk about something else today but i mean this is where your skill set is important to understand for listeners here is that although we're gonna you know we're talking about um you know regaining our financial power. Melissa is an expert in this space where if you are sort of stuck in business, it's really important to be aware, are you just creating revenue? Or is there a space that you're building to create profit, then actually you've got an asset then? Because a the business mm. isn't going to be an asset if you cannot actually sell it on, or if you can, you know, how are you what's your succession plan? All of those things to consider. So absolutely exactly. important to to follow you on that one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no problem. But we're going to talk about giving away your financial power and why that's mm. possibly the biggest mistake you'll ever have and you see that in both coaching and also in business.
1: Absolutely. And for for personal finances, it's so important to stay involved in your or sorry, your personal finances, right? And quite often what happens is when I meet with clients who want to talk to me about personal finances, they're usually in relationships where um, they haven't had any financial power or any ability to contribute to the finances. And that's either just by, you know, following maybe what their what they had grown up and, and seen what was normal in their household between the relationships of their parents versus, and so, so they would have carried that type of relationship into their partnership and um When I usually talk to women, it's like they're facing divorce or they're suddenly widowed and they're in situations where it's like, okay, what do I do now? And I'm scared to death. And so what I try to do is I really try to educate people earlier than that so that they get more involved in their personal finances. So should something unfortunate like that happen, that they're more prepared for it. Because it's really important not to give that financial power away, right? You know, you have your finances. If you have a job, you know, you're in control of your own finances. And if you have a partner and they have their own job, they have their finances. But it doesn't mean that you need to keep things separate. It just means that you need to come together in the relationship and both be involved. So then that way you're both contributing to the financial part of the relationship as
0: well. Yeah and I think it's so much fun when you can be accountable to the one you love and set yes. goals with him, you know or her with with your partner and actually go right okay so one I feel in control about my financial position now and I feel like I am part of something versus um feeling disconnected in that respect or feeling mm. incredibly dependent and always having in the back of your mind going I really have no idea what's going on because that's also mm-hmm. quite scary, and a lot of women do. But what they do is suppress that, and they yeah. and and then they're or they've got this um, amount of guilt, or they actually do. You know, they may have the family credit card, but they actually never really look after themselves properly. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. talking out of my own experience with clients and whatnot, so they've not actually been able to go. And feel comfortable about buying something or going out for lunch with girlfriends, whatever, because even though they're doing everything in the household, if they're not working full time or if they're working and they're usually, and studies show this, we're usually doing about 70% of the household duties in most cases. In some, it's even higher than that. And that's Mm -hmm. unpaid for work, right? And we're not actually realizing Mm -hmm. there's a money is just energy and it's an energetic exchange. So in my experience, I have seen that. Women either shy away and have this absolute fear and suppress it, or yep. they're completely ignorant. And then they're in that situation where they come to see you after that divorce or the, um, you know, after their partner's died, which is horrible and incredibly stressful. And in that moment, you've got to face everything then?
1: I, like that, that's a terrifying thought. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is terrifying. I mean, even just a personal situation where, my parents, you know, they've been married for over 50 years. I can't remember exactly how many years, but it's been a long time. And my mom does all the banking in the house, right? So she mm-hmm. takes care of the day-to-day finances, but my dad always took care of all the investments. Now, my dad has dementia and he's slowly losing his his memory. And I keep telling my mother Like you need to get involved in the investments. You need to understand where that money's parked, but she doesn't want to have anything to do with that. So she makes me do it because she knows that this is what I do for a living. Right. Mm -hmm. But I highly, highly advise against that because, you know, she's always, and I've encouraged her for like 20 years now. She needs to be involved in the investing side of the relationship as well. But it's the overwhelm. It's the fear of knowing. It's, you know, just handing over her power. So it's not necessarily that somebody is taking your power from you. It's the fact that a lot of women just hand it over because they feel intimidated or fear and they just don't want to deal with it.
0: So how do you deal with that? How do you sort of come to that point to get to the root of what is causing someone to give their power away?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of... Okay, let me backtrack because I have to say... Money is the most emotionally charged topic there is out there as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm with I you. mean, yeah, absolutely. Everybody has a money story. So when I start working with clients And, um, I really try to figure out, you you know, you've got to meet them where they're at, right? So finding out what their money story is, understanding what's going on to motivate them to make the decisions that they're making. Because a lot of the times with money mindset, people aren't aware that they're making these negative choices, right? They're not aware that these, these attitudes around money maybe had formed as early as their earliest childhood memory. And when you've got, you're carrying that story for, you know, years and years and years, you kind of don't realize that you're carrying it. You don't realize that that could be holding you back. So we really, it's like peeling away at an onion, right? The layers. And, you know, the first thing I always do with my clients is, and whether it's business or personal finances, we always talk about money mindset and what your goals are so that you get you understand that you are in charge of creating your financial goals and there's no limit to what you want. And it's not a bad thing to want to build wealth because a lot of women do feel that guilt around it as well. Right. And I see it a lot, especially with business owners where they're like, okay, I only need to make as much money as I need to get by. And my argument is always like, why, why? Like, why can't you make more so that you can build your financial cushion, you can secure your finances, you know, build a retirement plan, maybe, you know, travel the world, you know, leave money for your children, whatever, like the sky's the limit. So getting to the root of what's going on that's holding them back is really an essential step. Because when you're when you've got those those thought patterns that are holding you back, you need to eliminate them. Mm Absolutely. And as you you made a really clear point, most people
0: don't know what that is. So that that is why it's so important to peel the layers of, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak, because we're often when we're in the situation, it's like being, in, you know, in the forest among the trees, but you can't really see the trees or vice versa. It's like, you're kind of in there knowing that there's something needs to change, but you can't personally pinpoint it, which is why, getting someone like yourself, a coach, to actually sit down and understand, find those patterns. And once you Mm -hmm. start seeing the patterns, I mean, and I've talked about this on my podcast uh, many times, it's like once you actually start working on this, it's quite exciting. First, it's it's, uh, confronting, but it is actually exciting. I mean, when someone transforms, you actually see it, they see it. And when they actually can finally
1: get excited around their money, that's And unique. it's very exciting to get to you know, when you get involved in your money and you 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 understand, you know, how you're making it, earning it, keeping it, investing it, and you're making more money for yourself and stuff. To me, that's really exciting. That's definitely something to get excited about. And when I work with clients and I see that transformation, it excites me as well because, you know, I'm showing them like, you know, it's a gift, you know, managing your money is is a gift that you pass along to your children and your children can pass along to their children. I mean, I don't know about you, but my generation was raised where we don't talk about money. You know, it was like a taboo subject. And now it's, it's like, I always tell my clients, if you talk to your children about it, it's giving them the gift of managing their money because that is what separates people from, you know, either being, um, continually in that debt cycle mm. versus building that financial freedom for themselves, One the hundred education.
0: Yeah. When you're in a relationship, a lot of people have that fear about talking about, I had a client who actually was terrified about talking to her partner mm-hmm. about money. And when we went, did that work, we went to the root of the problem. She would grown up with her parents fighting in another room. But if she was listening it was usually around money, you know, and it yes. was something that was never talked about in that healthy environment of, you know, when you, you got to save and this and that and the other. So she would then get into a relationship and and it was funny because you also saw the patterns in her past relationships would fall into the same kind of pattern with someone who was actually very similar to the would create the same outcome as the parents. And even though mm-hmm. they weren't the same kind of people, like her partner wasn't going to be the same kind of man her dad was. It was about the patterns we started to see. And when she started seeing that, then she had, she started realizing it was okay to talk about money. And now, in, you know, she's gone from not being able to talk to about, about money to getting engaged, buying a house and planning a wedding in the next, in, in six months of the work. Nice. Isn't that nice? I mean, those, those that little breakthroughs nice are amazing because what's going on? She took her power back. Yeah. She took that, that, that key thing we're talking about is her financial power. She took it back and then she shared it with her partner and that then creates
1: this incredible piece of power between you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so healthy to talk about finances and you know, when you don't talk about finances in relationships, that's a huge stressor. And what is it? Number two cause of divorce. I think, I can't remember if it's number one or number two, but it's very, very high up there. So, you know, being on the same page financially is essential for a healthy relationship.
0: Yeah. We talk, we're talking both for business partners and also for, I'm sorry, your businesses, business owners, I should say. And then also individuals, you see it with business owners, as you mentioned, they sort of Mm -hmm. hand over everything and then just, you know, you deal with it. And yeah, there is that disconnect. So in that situation, how do you get them engaged to go from just, all right, I'm doing that revenue piece to, okay, let's actually get to that profit piece and build on something great and actually regain that financial power.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a really tough question on how you get them engaged from that point, because a lot of business owners, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So, mm-hmm you know, it's through talking about this and, you know, like I'm either talking on podcasts or on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, like I go live, all sorts of different places. I write articles. I, you know, I will talk about it wherever people will let me (laughs) and, you know, trying to get them, you know, hooked in that way and saying, Hey, wait a minute, you know, like there's a lot of talk about personal finances and how to manage your personal finances. And I think that is fantastic. But there is not as much talk, not nearly as much about your business finances. So trying to get more people on board and understand how important that is and just understand the basic business financial literacy skills, it's so important. But the thing is, when people go into business, they are going in because they're really good at their skill that they're offering, right? So whether it's a product or service, it is their passion, it is what they know. So... If they went to school for it, that's what they were taught in school. If they just learned through work experience, like, you know, like they're focusing on their craft. Nobody really sat down and said, okay, this is how you manage a business. If you decide to go into business for yourself, right? Like for the most part, I mean, I know that there are courses out there, but for the most part, if you go to, um, if you study entrepreneurism, like in in a formal setting or whatever, chances are you're barely going to touch on the finances. So as an accountant, I know that it's like one of the most important jobs in a business. And there's a common saying, if you don't know what's going on in your business, go find the accountant. They will know. And it's so true because that's what we're trained to do. We are trained to know what's going on, read the numbers. Mm. So taking that information and trying to engage business owners, um, it can be tough. But once you get their attention, usually it's like, Oh, tell me more, you know? So, and then I take them through, like you start talking about the money mindset, you start talking about, you know, what it is that you need to be measuring in your business for your finances to ensure that you're going to make your business profitable. But the thing is, um, I'm not teaching them how to be an accountant. I'm teaching them how to be a CEO of your yes. business right? So you don't need to go into the weeds, all the details, you don't need that. But you need that high level understanding of what's going on in your business. And as a business owner, you should always know what's going on in your business because you're the one who's making all the decisions. So if you're making decisions without understanding your numbers, then it's like driving blindfolded, right? And nobody would really, yeah, you wouldn't get in a car and drive blindfolded because you'd crash. Same thing for a business. So this is what I really try to hammer home with with business owners.
0: Oh, look, it's hammering home with me. I'm going to have a confession here. I'm the financial advisor, and I found myself trapped. I, I remember reading years ago the E Myth, right? And that I don't know if I you've know. read that, but it sort of really brings home that often a lot of entrepreneurs are going out on their own to be business owners, but really they create themselves the job. They're not. Yeah. Um, they're not actually creating a business. They're just removing themselves from having a boss, but making themselves yeah. a boss. Then they make themselves the slave to the business. Yeah. I fell in this trap myself, even though I know the numbers, even though I know how to, um, you know, my husband and I basically, he does most of the accounting, um, but I still have to look at the spreadsheets. I've still got to look at my numbers. I've still got to make sure that all the business, all my expenses are covered. But I got into that very same trap. Like I recently had a, you know, I've got a coach that, looks at my numbers quarterly, looks at my business strategy, looks at everything because I got to this point where I was going, how the hell did I get here? I gave my power Mm -hmm. away. I gave my power away to my business, to Mm -hmm. my clients. I love my clients, but what I forgot was the end game. What I forgot was um, because I got caught up in the day-to-day activities of being the financial planner, I forgot that I needed to actually step away, delegate more, to grow my business I forgot my end game I yeah. felt trapped I started getting frustrated I started to resent work and I felt mm-hmm. more trapped than a normal person because I couldn't just go and look for another job I couldn't resign mm. I own it yeah. you know you can't just go bye I'm done I can't have a holiday I can't. and all of a sudden I was like I can't have a holiday I can't sack myself I'm stuck And that's sort of when I got, Andy sort of stepped in and was doing some coaching with me and I was like, you know what, I've done what my clients you know, do and I have given away my power. So, you know, what you said totally resonated with me and, you know, I have to be transparent with what I do. So I'm sharing my story, but that's Mm -hmm. actually been not that long ago. And another girlfriend of mine, who's sort of a mentor of mine as well, I saw her at an event. Last week and I walked up to her to hold myself accountable. I said, I'm sacking myself from being the full time advisor in the business in six months. Watch this space. And now I'm saying it publicly. So there you go, everybody. So my everybody goal has is, to hold you accountable. Exactly. So the goal <laughs> is I'm gonna bring in another advisor. The business isn't going anywhere. It just means that now I'm gonna have someone else in here. Yeah. And yeah, by doing that's... that, I can actually run a business properly.
1: Yeah. But, you know, that comes from a place of self-awareness too, which is amazing, right? And that's usually where you find your mindset issues when you're self-aware, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Believe me, I'm always working on this stuff because I'm a me coach. too.
0: I'm the money <laughs> yeah. mindset coach. I'm always doing the weeding. I'm always trying to work out where is the block coming yeah. from now? What's going on? So yeah. it was that biggest, that was the biggest one for me, but it was one that I'd avoided the longest time because
1: mm-hmm.
0: it really means a massive commitment to the business now and to actually to myself to step back. Mm-hmm. So that sort of, you know, I've had to really – the, and I had to rethink my pricing. There's a lot in there, isn't there? When you go, okay, There's a lot. let's focus on the profit. Oh gosh, I've actually just been doing the work and just covering the costs. You know, that's sort yeah. of often the conversation, not only my conversation, but the conversations I've had. But I'm sure you get more because I don't, I'm not doing the same kind of coaching you do. So mm-hmm. yours would be very more, much more because you're already looking at it like that, right? You're looking at it from, <laughs> Yeah, but you would
1: be amazed how many people aren't, you know, how many business owners, you know, when, when I say, well, what's your profit? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So then you have to start working on showing them how they figure out how their business is profitable. You know, so it's, there's a lot that goes into, um, managing the mindset because I mean, if you don't know if your business is profitable or not, that's usually a mindset issue. It's not because you're, you're not capable of figuring out how profitable it is. It's that something is holding you back from wanting to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's the head in the sand issue, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we're all guilty of it, right? Like life is a journey, and we have our good times and our bad times. I mean, even me as a CPA, I have managed to get myself in some serious issues that I would never have believed if you told me that that would have happened, right? So I made mistakes in my past, which I'm happy to share if you want to hear about it. But I also have learned not to let my mistakes define me. Mm, yes.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the key, right? Because if you do, then you sort of fall into this
1: victimhood and then it's harder to get out. Exactly. And once you realize that you've made the mistake, you know, it's like, okay, you got a little beat down, you get up, you dust yourself off and you move on. You can't stay in that spot because you'll never grow and learn from, from the lesson that, you know, your mistakes are trying to teach you.
0: Yeah hundred percent. And that's exactly what I was just about to, you know, when you said to me, I've made the mistakes and I would never have dreamt that I would be in that situation or, you know, mm. sometimes they are money issues. They are money mistakes and they come up and rear their ugly heads and you go, well, hang on a minute. I'm the money expert here. How come that's happened to me? And the reason is, so I believe put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. You're the one who actually, it's teaching this. So here's another lesson for you, which is going to help others. That's how I look at it. I go, well, okay, I made, I did this with my, my own business. Um, and I have multiple businesses and I'd actually invest in businesses. So I understand the importance of profit because otherwise I wouldn't be earning dividends, right? Mm. I, I, I've got to, where, where's the dividend for my business? You know, mm. that's how I've got to look yeah. at it. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when, when you're owning your own business too, it's such a great creator of wealth. There's so many opportunities. So to understand, make that investment on learning how you can create more wealth from your business, the ROI on that will be endless because, you know, year over year, you're going to be, um, creating more and more profit just from an investment of, you know, however many dollars that you're investing, um, First of all, you're investing your time Mm -hmm. and then you're investing, you know, if you're taking a course or coaching or whatever, there's usually a price tag attached to it. But then the ROI just keeps coming and coming and coming because you've basically built a business that is really unstoppable. So understanding how you manage your finances in your business is essential. 82% of businesses fail due to financial mismanagement. So if you invest in the time that it takes to learn how to manage your finances well, then you've set up your business for for the long term.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing I wanted to bring up is that in-game. So often people want to be in business. Usually, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, freedom. (laughs) Yes. That's that's a crazy misconception (laughs) there, let me tell you. I've just I just told you, everybody, there is no freedom unless you take a, unless you do exactly what you're suggesting, Melissa, is being in control of the finances and making this a money making machine, right? Then you have the freedom. But there is that investment first. And that's the end game. As well. Mm-hmm. In Australia, we have a, you know, compulsory savings scheme called superannuation for retirement. Um, it's like the UK have their pension. I'm not sure what you've got in Canada, but, um, I know that a lot of business owners here, because they're not paying themselves a salary, there's no, super, there's no compulsory contribution happening to their retirement. I'm sure you're seeing a lot of that happening as well, that there's
1: not an end game with business owners. Absolutely. Most of the business owners I start working with are not paying themselves a salary. But once they start working with me, usually it's in the first coaching session. I'm like, you need to pay yourself a salary and there's no exceptions. Because what happens at the end of the day after you've paid everybody else and you've forgotten about yourself, you never pay yourself. Like you're just it's the curse of motherhood kind of thing, right? Uh-huh. Like you're giving, giving, giving to everybody else, but to forget about taking care of yourself. So that is like, and it's not just women who do that, it's men too. So you've got to make yourself a priority as a business owner to ensure that you're paying yourself and not just paying yourself with scraps that are left over. So um, that's definitely an issue that I see all the time. Yeah.
0: And do you get Clients at that because I find myself as a, the not in the business coaching sub well, actually, business coaching too, but more so in financial planning. There's a trigger event that often, like you mentioned earlier, the divorce or becoming widowed that often will motivate someone to come and see you in the business world. It would be potentially that oh, sugar, I haven't got a succession plan. I, I'm on my way facing the next 10 years and I really want to slow down and I don't know how that's going to be possible as do you have that a lot? Are you coming across that?
1: I don't hear a lot about succession planning. I think that comes much, much later. What I typically hear are the real immediate issues. Like I just got a $30,000 tax bill and I have no idea how I'm going to pay it. I just got, um, I don't know, like just life events that have just more of an immediacy, right? Immediacy, right? Like just something that has to be dealt with right away. That's usually when clients are like, oh, maybe it's too late. You know, like I like it's that sense of urgency when you think about succession planning. Yes, you and I would think about it because that's how our minds are trained. And, you know, we understand the importance of succession planning, but that tends to sit on the back burner of so many entrepreneurs because they think they have time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that's another, like, it's a valid issue, just like, you know, so many other things that you, you, the earlier you deal with it, the better plan that you're going to have or the, the least amount of, um, I don't want to say work, but like, you know, the more you start, um, investing the earlier, then, you know, the less cash outlay over time. If you, if you wait to invest in the last 10 years, you're going to have a huge cash outlay to invest, right? So the earlier you do it, the better it is, like, it's just easier. And the and if you wait later, it's just like, you're really going to notice that money missing when you're investing for your future. Oh, so goodness. I always, it, it's always recommended to do it earlier. But unfortunately, a lot of people think that there's you know, much more time to do it, you know, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. But I find when it comes to finances, it's almost like the same as legal in your business. Those are the things that people don't want to deal with because they're so boring or they're so, um, there's not that immediate gratification, right? It's like, there's this idea that if they protect their business legally, or if they start managing their finances better, they're not going to see that immediate result like they would if they were selling a new shiny object, right? Right. Mm-hmm. or it's not as glamorous as, you know, coming up with this great marketing plan or whatever. But these are the things that are going to save your bacon at the end, right? Yeah. Because if if you don't think about protecting your business asset legally, and something happens, you're going to lose everything. So too little, too late. And same with your finances. If you don't protect your business asset and manage your, your money well, you know, it's it will be a too little, too late situation.
0: And we can bring that back even into personal finances. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just coming back to because sort of we're doing two twos that are pronged uh, subject matter, really, aren't we? Because we've got the business kind of business side of the world, but we've also got the personal finance side of the world, and it it's the same kind of thing. Like my, I got for the first time, and I'm, and I've been doing this nearly twenty years too. So for the first time I got the youngest client, she was twenty four, and I was like, wow, that is awesome because. My clients are usually in their mid to late thirties and up until retirement. So, and most of them are up in the sort of 50s zone, right? Because that's when they start going. I've got like twenty years, and then I've, I'm I'm done. You know, like I've got to get my act together. Mm-hmm. And the twenty four year old blew my mind because she was like, "If I start now, I'm going to like have so much money." And I'm like, "Why don't any? Why don't we all think that way?" But I yeah. also want to bring home that if you just start, doesn't matter how old you are. Yes. And Bringing back what you just said about um, you know getting the legals and getting the finances right that is also important with personal finances if you've got children. Mm-hmm. Get you know, get your wills sorted, getting all that sorted out, get that done. Your life
1: insurance, yeah,
0: your life insurance, all all of those key things are so important. I know they're not instant gratification, but believe me, if a trigger event happened, you'd be grateful that that's you know packed away in that drawer. Your family members know about it; it's sorted out. Same with Mm. getting just little bit by bit savings happening, um, or you know. Just taking some control, getting your head out of the sand and actually be in some level of power over your finances. Mm, Absolutely. So yeah, there's a lot that, I mean, look, this is a kind of subject that could go in so many different directions because many of us do give away our power, but most of us don't even realize we're doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I would love, have you got any case studies where you've seen someone completely unaware of their situation where they've come to you because of, a you know, some immediate situation, but
1: you've unveiled what really is going on? Absolutely. I I recently just had a client that I've worked with and um she always, she was, she was in a marriage and she always let her partner deal with the finances. It wasn't a controlling relationship or, or, any of that by any means. But she got to the point where she wanted out of the marriage and she went, you know, they they were going through the divorce proceedings and stuff, but she realized this is going to be the first time in my life that I am responsible for me. So she went from growing up with her parents, having her parents take care of her and the money situation and stuff to getting married and having her husband take care of her and her money situation and stuff. And then leaving her husband and realizing I am on my own and I am scared to death. So, and she's always been very open. Like it was always her choice to let him take care of everything. So with the coaching, you know, she's like, I need to learn how to do this myself. So we worked through, and she was also a business owner too, but she let him take care of everything. So as she learned how to do it herself, Her confidence improved. She felt very empowered. She actually went out to buy her first car all alone by herself because it was COVID and she couldn't bring anybody with her. And she said she felt fantastic. She felt like a real, you know, grown up to be able to do something like that. And she said she never would have done that, you know, a year ago. So just having and she went and she rented her own um house and she you know she has her kids coming you know they have shared custody and stuff and just you know making all those financial decisions herself and knowing where to invest her money because she got you know a big settlement and stuff so it was just like it was really good for her to be able to take care of all these things and to know how to do it and she just she says she has zero regrets on you know Understanding her money and, you know, investing that time that it took to learn. And it doesn't take that long. And that's what people, you know, they, I feel they shy away from it because they think, oh my God, it's going to be different for me. It's going to take like 10 years or whatever. And it really doesn't. When you're working with somebody who breaks the steps down for you and is there to guide you every step of the way, it's so much easier and it's just so freeing because you're learning what you need to know when you need to know it. And it can literally take just a couple of months instead of, you know, what people think that it's it's going to take forever for. There's
0: two things that I just, I, I took away there. It's like, you know, we become when we actually are take control, our freedom back. That's when we start becoming the adult. We actually are stepping into our higher selves at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the other key thing you said was freedom We all got, you know, everyone's like, oh, I want to win the lottery. I want that financial freedom. It's in our laps at any time if we just took it. It's ours to take, and that is actually that knowledge, accountability, and actually looking at what we've already got, looking at the power that we hold within that we actually are can create more of it. Mm -hmm. We all have the ability to create more of it. Especially mm-hmm. business owners. I mean, as you put there, that their power is far higher because they've got a business and they've got an offer and they're not, it's not just the job. The job is great. You can still build from that because you just invest and you invest in other businesses and whatnot. But mm-hmm. if you are a business owner, it's incredible. It seems so expansive and we all sort of sit on our hands and wish for the lottery, for the financial mm-hmm. freedom to come and take us away. And it's like, but as you just put it, it's right
1: there, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's not just the business owner. It's just business owners are an advantage of creating you know, wealth at a quicker rate. But if you're employed and you want to create wealth for yourself, the key is in money management. It's not in how much money you make. So Mm -hmm. people think, oh, I make a high salary, I must be rich. No, that's not how it works. It depends on how you allocate your salary. Are you spending all your money or are you investing it in appreciable assets? So, and you know, one thing I really noticed when I was working in public accounting and I was doing like personal tax returns, I would often look at the people that I was doing them for and judge them from the outside. Like, not in a negative way, but I'd be like, you know, it was just a game to keep an accountant, you know, a little bit interested in what they're doing. <laughs> you know, Again. but I, yeah, you know, they walk in and just by their appearance, you know, I would guess like, okay, this person is wealthy. This person probably isn't, and that kind of thing. And the thing that I noticed the most was that the people who didn't look wealthy were the wealthiest, you know, they weren't driving the luxury cars. They weren't wearing the fancy clothes or the Rolexes or whatever. They were modest people living in modest homes who had huge fat investment accounts, you know, and they were happy.
0: Yeah. I've seen the same. And, um, yeah, I, I've got clients. I mean, you, you know, you, you get a lot of cases come of come across your desk over the years Mm -hmm. clients that have had you know the modest lifestyles and you know they've paid off their mortgage they've been very diligent and they've not done the overseas trips and they've got their kids into the nice school but they've done it um thoughtfully i should say you know that there's you know they're not trying to compare themselves they're not in that compared to spare space they're not keeping up with the joneses they're not buying the newest handbags and newest cars and new in the nicest house and they're the ones that sort of Get to that point where you could say you're close to being millionaires right now and about to retire and have a six figure income from in retirement. I mean, wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Then you've got clients that are doing, they're killing it financially in terms of what they're earning, right? In what they're doing in their businesses. I've seen business owners do this as well, but every single cent is spent and they've got nothing to show for those six figure, seven figure incomes. And you just, it's sort of mind boggling because it's not about what you earn. It's about how you manage it. And I really want to encourage people if you've got a good accountant or a good advisor or and even also as add-on, and I think this is more important personally because it's a mindset stuff, is get the right coach. Because as yes. soon as you have those people that are holding you accountable, don't give it away to them. It's actually they get them to help you take it back.
1: Exactly. That's
0: when no matter what you earn... I, it doesn't matter what you're earning. There's that small amount that you can add and that energy and that investment. So energy being, you know, extra, the work that you're putting into your business or the investment you're putting into business or the investment you're putting outside of what you're earning in that financial management piece. It's mm-hmm. That's where the power is regained. Yes, that's the exciting part. Yeah, yeah, for sure
1: completely agree with you (laughs) i know we could talk
0: about this all the time all all, like um there are so many things that i would love to chat to you more about because this is a great subject and i don't think people realize that gaining you know that they are giving away their power so so often Mm -hmm. and i know that there is a lot of women that do it but men do it as well as you've pointed out especially Mm -hmm. in business so um as i just encouraged um I do say, if you're thinking, uh, and this is my my listeners, if you're thinking about um, your finances and feeling that you have no control, there are people like Melissa and myself. There are many coaches out there, but you know, and professionals out there that actually are equipped to actually help you regain that power. So, Melissa, I'm going to get uh, all your details in the show notes so people can actually get in touch with you. There's um a quiz that you have on your website you have also a podcast you've also got some great blogs some great articles so um if they want to know more about you they'll they'll have that as well um and i will be sending this out to uh, my contacts i'm very excited to have you and i probably will have you back because i think your your subjects are fantastic oh thank you so much Thank you for coming today. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share? I mean, I think we've covered. I like we could keep going, but I'm also mindful that sometimes my podcasts go over an hour, and I'm like. Not everyone wants to be stuck in their (laughs) car for the whole hour.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the most important thing I would want people to take away from the conversation today is to really not give your financial power away. If you are not, you know, if you don't know what's going on in your personal finances or even your business finances, you know, now take this as a sign. Get involved. There's plenty of resources out there. Um, that can help you get in touch with what's going on with your finances. And finances, really, they are a pillar of your health, right? You've got your, 100%. you know, you've got your your physical health, your mental health, your, your financial health, you know, all, all different kinds of health um, issues. So when you're financially burdened, it really affects your health. So you need to make sure that you're um, checking in with your finances and managing them well. So that would be what I really, really want people to take away from this today. And don't be afraid to reach out for help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As you already put it, it's one of the biggest causes of divorce as well. Mm -hmm. And so many things are preventable. Um, Mm -hmm. So I absolutely agree. It can be a massive cause of mental health problems. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you are struggling, there is a lot of help out there. So I hope that this message gets to those that really need to hear it. I do too, yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you thank love you this, so much for happen- or having me. Sorry, thank oh, you. <laughs> absolute pleasure. And if you do love this, if you uh, and also listening to Melissa's podcast, um, please share, uh, subscribe, obviously like, and also leave a review. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day.
2: Thank you for listening today. Before you go, I want to remind you that everything discussed is general in nature. We are unaware of your personal circumstances, so the information we have discussed may not be right for you. It is important to consider your personal situation and seek financial advice from a licensed advisor. Amy Baker is an authorised representative of Lifestyle Asset Management Propriety Limited, Australian Financial Service Licence 288241. Recap Advice is a trading name of Recap Enterprises Proprietary Limited, ABN 22607854240, a corporate authorised representative of Lifestyle Asset Management, AFSL 288241. I would also like to acknowledge the Bidigal and Gadigal people who are the traditional custodians of this land I would like to pay respects to the elders both past and present of the Bidigal and Gadigal nations and extend that respect to other Aboriginal people thank you for listening and don't forget to share the love by sharing this podcast have a wonderful day wherever you are